0: Not yeah. one of the best NFL proxies we, we've seen. Fair. Just some kid, some scrub off the street, they're going to give him a chance. Fans want some random guy called Trevor Lawrence or whatever. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the for 2 podcast. This is a podcast for frustrated football fans by two frustrated football fans. I'm Jenna Alike. Alongside my co-host Brad Klein. Virtually we're still doing the whole Zoom thing. Hopefully, you know, we got some good vaccine news since the podcast, you know, last week's podcast. Hopefully we're getting a little closer to doing an in-person podcast. But um Brad, how how's it going over there in Syracuse? Because you did just get back.
1: Just got up here and I'll tell you what, Jenna, it might just be worth the four hour drive just for this microphone. I don't have a fancy microphone like you do at my house, but here I'm at a radio station, we have fancy equipment, and now I can actually trade blows with you in terms of just sound quality, so I'm, I'm chilling.
0: Yeah, well, my actual mic is broken, unfortunately, so right now I have my backup lav mic, which just clips on, so we'll see how the audio does come out later. Um, I'm assuming it's better than just earbuds, because, I mean, you already sound 10 times better, and usually and you don't even sound that bad, usually, so yay for good mics hopefully you know this is how we did it partially through the beginning you know you'd go into the WAER studios when you were in Syracuse and you know hop on those mics so good stuff we have obviously some football to talk about there was a big football game last night people are calling it the game of the year we also had some you know really good football teams just playing this week so we're just going to talk about them you know, you guys know the drill. There's there's nothing new here. So let's start with the big Monday night football games game. The Ravens edged out the Browns 47 to 42. It was rushing touchdowns galore. Brad, was, to you was this the game of the year?
1: I think it was. I think it had to be nine rushing touchdowns. So if you're a fan of a if you're a fan of good old fashioned ground and pound football, there you go. That's that's your game. Forty seven to forty two Monday night divisional matchup with playoff implications up the wazoo, Jenna. And, Mm -hmm. again, it was just a treat to watch, and you had these great quarterbacks, and that's plural at this point. Baker Mayfield, whether he's a great quarterback or not, fine. He's playing great, especially recently. So he's been a pleasure to watch. Lamar Jackson, no surprise, leads the game in rushing with over 120 yards. And you just saw these two teams that, that both looked like, by the way, they have spots for themselves waiting in the playoffs. So that I feel like this might be maybe a preview of what's to come in the postseason. That'd be a treat, but both teams were certainly worthy.
0: This this game for me, I wasn't sure which – I think that the, the storyline that the Browns are kind of hit or miss and a little inconsistent kind of hinged on this game for me. I thought that they would have to bring it and show that they can bring it against a division opponent and then a conference opponent – in the Baltimore Ravens and they did that obviously they didn't win the game Um, but it's very similar to how the Raiders versus Chiefs game was in the sense that the team that lost probably gained more respect than anybody else so uh, yeah everyone you know no one's really questioning Baker Mayfield right now but again as we've seen let's say the Browns I don't know let's say the Browns and Baker Mayfield don't you know play great next week. There'll be people who are, you know, everyone should trade immediately. I remember seeing that tweet. That tweet is still firm in my head because all I remember was the team was good and they were like, you know, had a good record. Still poised for the playoffs and some media person was like, if I were a member of the Browns, I would jump ship now. And look what we are now. This is one of the best best, you know, Browns team we've seen, at least in our life lifetime. So it was a good game. I'm happy. I'm not, ha- I'm not exactly happy with the results. I was rooting for the Browns in this one, and we'll talk about playoff implications further down in the show. But I'm glad that we got some really good football on Monday night.
1: I'll tell you what, Baker Mayfield again. Just to just dwell on him for a second, because he is the Heisman winner. He's the number one overall pick. He's the big name with the big personality. No sacks. And and that, to me, might be the most impressive stat. He had over 340 yards. He had two touchdowns in the air and one on the ground. But to me, no sacks against the Baltimore defense, a team that has been pretty good defensively this year. Uh, and to go 42 points, I mean, really, just an impressive showing from Baker Mayfield to at the very, very least now cost his team the game and put them in a position to win. Usually when you score 42 points, you're going to win the football game.
0: That's, that's also the crazy thing that both of these teams scored enough. It was anybody's game down to the wire. It was anybody's game and 40 point, Yeah. 40 points. We saw 80 points over 80 points of football yesterday, which, and in scoring, which in a world where, you know, offense is King right now, that's all. That's all you can ask for for a primetime football game. and, it's the AFC North and you also have the Steelers in that division. So it's kind of heating up. I, I think that, you know, Pittsburgh has that obviously that has that division pretty locked up, but it was cool just to see the other teams that people might not be talking about as much. Um, also show that they're also pretty good at football. So I think out of all the divisions in the AFC, the AFC North probably probably deserves to have the three playoff teams. But again, we will talk about that a little bit later. We also had sticking in the AFC, we're also going to talk about two of the best. And we're going to actually stick in the AFC North for half of it because we have the Pittsburgh Steelers who lost the Buffalo Bills 26 to 15. So the highly touted, undefeated Steelers a few games back, you know, they lost to the Washington football team, and then they just lost in you know, a little bit of a better opponent in the the Buffalo Bills so I guess my question here for you Brad does this say more about the Bills and how good the Bills are or was this Steelers or does it say more about how the Steelers team may have been a little bit overrated
1: you know usually in a game like this with two playoff teams I really want to give the credit to the victor here but the Steelers and I don't want to call myself wrong because I've been on the Steelers bandwagon the entire season and before the season, but to lose two games in a row now, that there's something wrong. It's no longer a fluke, and the thing that's really wrong for anyone that hasn't been paying attention to the Steelers this year, it's the run game, and it was cute before because the Steelers were able to kind of survive the run game. Oh, okay, well, Big Ben's playing pretty well. The defense is off the charts, so it's okay if we only get 47 yards of rushing. That's rough. But it's not okay. When you have a 38-year-old quarterback, that just would not be acceptable for a normal 38-year-old quarterback. I mean, Tom Brady needed a run game. He had Sony Michelle before he left for Tampa Bay. And now Bruce Arians just doesn't use it, but that's a separate issue. Okay? Eli Manning always complained. Well, not him, but all of his supporters always complained about, oh, wow, well, he doesn't have a run game. okay? The older quarterbacks need help in the backfield that opens up the play action and big Ben needs that help. And and I guess it goes into really the offense as a whole, because after the game, Ben Roethlisberger said, Jenna, yeah, our offense just is not good. And it's true. The offense is bad. Okay. Over the past two, two weeks, they've, they've scored 32 points. For an 11 win first place team. That's not good. Okay. And, and, the few weeks before that 19 points they scored 27 against Jacksonville congratulations but this is the same team that really has been surviving and winning on defense and defense alone and now you're seeing what happens when the offense is really bad
0: yeah I, th- I also think that it was well you know kudos to the Bills the Bills are you know a good football team and I think they can make a deep run in the playoffs, but it is definitely that the Steelers might have been a tad overrated and they just didn't really beat anybody which I know fans, you know, Steelers fans are probably not going to love love that title of being an uh, overrated team. But I think they are just because they didn't really beat anyone crazy except for the Titans who have been kind of hit or miss this season. And the thing about Big Ben is that he's thrown an interception in all of the last four games. So he's like on the decline. The one thing that was kind of like the positive, because again, we've spoken about it a little bit, but people were saying that it was between, you know, Alex Smith was the obvious comeback player of the year. But if we were talking based off performance, then you would go Ben Roethlisberger. But he's tied for 19th with nine interceptions on the season with 29 touchdowns, which is pretty good. That's fifth in the league. But the one thing on that offense that was doing things was Ben Roethlisberger, and now he's just not. And every they're just not good. Exactly what you said. And uh, I think was it Chase Young? Someone from the Washington Football Team did say that the Ravens exposed some things, and I think that just keeps getting built upon when they played the Ravens on that Wednesday. That Wednesday, you know, afternoon football game. Things were exposed, and the Washington football beat, team beat them. And the Bills, I'm very confident in saying, we haven't had a head-to-head matchup, I don't think, um, but I'm very confident in saying that they're better than the Washington football team. So it just kept getting built on, and the flaws kept getting more obvious and more obvious. And I don't know. This might be one of the worst 11 and 2 teams that we've seen. But, you know, their defense is what's been carrying them, and we'll see how far that takes them.
1: Maybe. I don't know. I, the thing is, though, Roethlisberger has had a pretty good year, all things considered. It's hard to indict him for the interceptions when he just doesn't get sacked very often. He's one of the least sacked quarterbacks in football. So he's he's not going down. He's taking his shots downfield, which is pretty much all you can ask for from a 38-year-old quarterback. That and also the Steelers have made a habit of dropping passes left and right, mm. which is not helping ben, ben Roethlisberger either. He's certainly not the reason they're going to win football games, but he's absolutely not the problem. The problem is sloppiness around him, and that starts with the wide receivers and, of course, the run game. Yeah,
0: 47 yards is unacceptable. <laughs> and the, thing,
1: the, Bills, the Bills defense has not been that good this year, and we kind of expected it to be a lot better than it actually has been. 47 yards against the Bills D, that's terrible. That's that's unacceptable for an eleven-win team that is supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, completely unsustainable.
0: All right. We'll talk again, we're probably gonna talk a lot more about some of you know the playoff picture and kind of what the implications are because now the Steelers have two losses and the Chiefs only have one. So well again, a lot of playoff picture talk as we close out the season. It's almost over, which I was really sad about that this week. We're we're getting you know close close to the end, but I guess that means playoff balls among us soon. So excited about that! But we had another rookie performance. We we spent a lot of time on this show talking about rookie quarterbacks, and Jalen Hurts threw his name into the mix and had a really impressive showing. He led the Eagles over the ten the previously ten and two Saints twenty four to twenty one, and that was with. Uh, New Orleans comeback effort it was much more spread out um, throughout times in this game Uh, what were your impressions and I think we kind of have to stack up how Jalen Hurts kind of has played in comparison to Joe Burrow to Otunga Bailoa and Justin Herbert like we, we haven't had a chance to do that so what did you think what were your impressions and how did he stack up
1: it's hard to stack him up already to the other quarterbacks that have... Just go first start. Just go first start. First start? You know, I it kind of reminded me a lot of Tua Tagovailoa's first start, ironically, mm-hmm. because both teams won the game, okay? Both, both quarterbacks won their first start, but you weren't wowed by anything that happened. I was wowed that Jalen Hurts beat the Saints, but in terms of his actual tape and what he did statistically... It was fine. It was fine. And that's not a problem for a rookie quarterback, especially Jalen Hurts, coming from the second round, hasn't started all year. He didn't throw the ball vertically that much, which is, again, totally fine. When he did throw the ball vertically, he threw the ball well, good ball, picked his spots. But that's a good Saints defense that you didn't want to overcomplicate things against. So took what the defense gave him, a lot of check downs, a lot of slant routes, intermediate routes. And that's how the Eagles scored 17 points in the second quarter. Now, that's a glass glass half full is, oh, well, Jalen Hurts beat the Saints, 17 points in the second quarter. That's great. Glass half empty is, okay, 17 points in the second quarter means that they only scored seven outside of the second quarter. Not great. So, the next step is for Hurts to sustain that success. But, overall, first start, you have to be happy if you're Philly.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely – again – This is how I felt about Jalen Hurts getting the start and kind of benching, not kind of, actually benching Carson Wentz. It was just make your football games watchable. Um, And that's exactly what Jalen Hurts did. If anything, you get to see a rookie quarterback. I feel like that's always exciting, just to see what he does against top-tier competition. And he went, you know, he hosted, so he didn't go anywhere. You know, they hosted – the New Orleans Saints and gave them a game and ended up winning that's that's pretty impressive that's a kind of an ego booster the con the the Eagles kind of we talked about last week the Eagles have put themselves in a corner now because if Jalen Hurts continues to perform well you know not losing them football games what does that mean for the future of Carson Wentz and I saw I think Bleacher Report did an article or I got a notification talking about how you know there's been a conversation among executives on what the heck Philly's going to do because Jalen Hurts impressed a lot of people um, in his debut. Again, that, you know, we, they have to ride it out. But that's what's most interesting here for me is that it was kind of worst-case scenario, I think, if you are a uh, Philadelphia executive because the season's basically already lost. I mean, you're still technically competing, and that one tie might save you down the road but now i think if i were an executive i'd prefer jalen hurts to stink we know he stinks okay we could stick with carson wentz now you might have a real competition and that i think is a scary thing if i were a person you know a head person over there in philadelphia
1: crazy time to be an eagles fan for sure
0: okay and finally we have that the raiders my raiders of course fired their defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther, very similar fashion, Brad. Very similar. Um, obviously, it, you know, Gunther didn't call an all-out blitz to to losing the job. But he, you know, he let Phillip Rivers. That's enough for me. Phillip Rivers scored 44 points. And if you saw that game, oh, my goodness, it was atrocious. They Phillip Rivers looked like he was the best thing since, since, I don't know, he like he was Patrick Mahomes out there. And you guys know how I feel about Phillip Rivers. The defense did nothing the entire game. The offense did, you know, uh, we're not going to talk about this whole game. But the thing that's frustrating, because obviously I have a fan frustration segment for a reason, but the Raiders have fought, fought, fired their, de- uh, their defensive coordinator. But the thing that's interesting here, Brad, is that they did it on a short week. So the Raiders play on Thursday night football against the Chargers and still def- decided to fired their defensive coordinator what do you think that means because it's not something that teams do often to do it on a short week um I I can give you my opinion real fast I just think you know from what I've heard to like John Gruden realized that they were a sinking ship and they were a sinking ship fast and something they needed to change quickly but I don't know if that helps now I feel like we're a little too far gone what do you think about all this
1: well I, I understand your apprehension there on a short week to go without a coach that you've been with all year but i think I think it just tells you the urgency and the the Raiders don't have any time to waste. they don't have any time to experiment They're seven and six they're on the outside looking in we'll We'll get into the playoff picture a little bit more a little bit deeper right now, but seven teams make the playoffs from each each conference, and right now, the Raiders are ninth behind a surging Ravens team at eight, okay, so right now, basically, Vegas can't lose every game is a must win for Las Vegas and it certainly has to be treated that way. So this defense has really been the thing that's crippled the team throughout the season. You'll you give up 44 points to the Colts, you give up 28 to the Jets the week before and 43 on the road in front of Jenna against the Falcons. This is one of the worst defenses in football. And
0: this is the worst defense in football. Okay, Not fine. One of them. the
1: worst defense in football. You don't make the playoffs with the worst defense in football. It doesn't happen, okay? So Gruden, good for him to realize what needed, what needed to be done. Honestly, I don't like to call for people to be fired, but I think this is a few weeks overdue, probably after the Falcons' disaster. I probably would have pulled the trigger. But at hindsight, I think he had to go. He had to go now.
0: That's – well, it's funny because Raiders fans have been calling for Paul Cuther to be fired forever. So they're like, a little too late. Like, thank you. You yeah. did what you – like, you know, you did what we wanted you to do. But, uh, you know, this would have been great. I think – I am with you. After the Falcons lost, that's what took them out of the playoff spot. They had it pretty – you know, they didn't have locked down. But, you know, they were in a place – a good place at the playoffs. And then they decided to, you know, it was awful. You got, you know, you guys know how I feel about the Falcons game. The Falcons game was a complete disaster and they decided to keep him. That made no sense. And that's what pushed them out of the playoff spot. And now we're at number nine and they not only have to win out, they need a ton of help. So <laughs> it's definitely interesting. Well, with that, I guess we could just transition right in to the updated playoff picture, kind of what everything's looking like and what games were important to that. So we had the Ravens, or sorry, the Raiders and the Colts. So as we've said, the Colts won 44 to 27. That was how bad that game was. And so right now, the Colts sit at number six in the playoff spot. They're rising. They rose one spot from seven to six. So right now, just to give an overview, the AFC South um, is where both the Titans and the Colts play. They're both set at 9-4, but the Titans have the tiebreaker. So that game was largely important to that. Do you have any thoughts on that game? I guess we'll go game by game here and talk about how, you know, going forward.
1: Oh, we've talked about it from a Raiders perspective, how it might be the dagger. For the Colts, they're second in the AFC South behind – the Titans, but both teams are 9-4. and So that's a huge win for the Colts to really put them in a position to win the division because, again, as you mentioned, they don't have the tiebreaker. Win the division, they have a a very good chance and move up in the seating, and it's going to mean a lot. At this point, it's really the difference between playing a team like potentially the Bills, they'd play the Bills right now, or if they moved up, they could play maybe a Browns team, the Dolphins, or the Ravens whoever gets in and wherever they they stand but the Colts really needed to win that game just in terms of positioning in the playoffs i don't think they were really in a big uh, in big danger of losing a spot in the postseason but what a win for them
0: definitely a good win for the Colts kind of build up that resume of you know good teams that they've beaten um so yeah good stuff for them i think they're 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 going to make the playoffs. I'm not I'm very confident in that. Um so yeah, all right. And then we had the Chiefs and the Dolphins game, which the Chiefs beat the Dolphins 33 to 27. This was a weird game because Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions. Like, what? <laughs> he doesn't do that. It was it was a very interesting game, you know. The Kansas City did what Kansas City does and beat the Chiefs. Right now, just for context, with that win, the Chiefs have clinched. So they've clinched the division, clinched the AFC West, and right now they're at the, they're the top seed. So, and the Dolphins fall down a spot, and now they're number seven. And they have, not this week, but the week after, I know they have the Raiders and teams around them. You know They have the Patriots now. They can knock the Patriots out for sure this week. Um, So how are we feeling right now about both of these teams, the Dolphins and the Chiefs?
1: Well, the Chiefs, honestly, Patrick Mahomes could have thrown seven interceptions, I wouldn't have cared, because they've already clinched the division. They're going to be the number one seed, so they're pretty much locked in. I think the Dolphins playing competitively with the Chiefs is a win for football, right? I mean, this is a team that is pretty much viewed as a surprise, like, wow, they're here. They're eight and five. Look at them. They're going to make the postseason. Who's their quarterback? Doesn't matter. Great. And I think a lot of people are a little afraid that maybe they'd be a wasted playoff spot. Maybe we'd rather see the Ravens get in there because they have Lamar Jackson. They're coming off a 14 and two season. Maybe they have a better chance to make a run. But the Dolphins proved that, hey, we might be a low seed in the postseason if we get in. But when we get in and we play a good team, probably the Steelers at this point, but who knows? We're not going to go down very easy, and we're going to be here to play, and we're going to be here to win. So this is not a team that's just happy to be here. They play teams close.
0: Hey, I'm I'm okay. Obviously, I'm for the Dolphins not to, to get into the playoffs, but it that's the thing about having this platform here. I can – at least if my Raiders are bad, I can have takes be good and takes – Be new and fresh. I said that the Dolphins would be the most improved team, and here we are. Here we are. They're competing for a playoff spot when everyone thought they were going to be awful and just needed to rebuild this year. They are competing, and right now have have a playoff spot. So works for me. I think that the Chiefs will keep that number one spot. I don't see anyone else beating them this year, Um, and I can see the Steelers potentially losing at least one more game. So I think the Chiefs all but have that locked up. And, yeah, that's that's the AFC side of things. We obviously have the Ravens on the bubble. Um, and with that win against the Browns keeps them alive. Um, and then we have the Raiders who are falling because they did lose to the Colts. And so now they're behind the Ravens. And then we have the Patriots and the Broncos who are technically still in it. I don't think either of us think those teams are going to make the playoffs. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brad. Do you think the Patriots or the Broncos are going to make the playoffs?
1: No, it's over. I, in okay. terms of, I think, no, <laughs> absolutely not. It's really just the Ravens and the Raiders.
0: All right, good, good stuff. Let's switch over to the NFC. And we have this whole NFC least thing. But are they potentially NFC beast because they've been playing Mm -hmm. some really good football as of late. They beat the Washington football team beat the the Steelers as we talked about. You know, was the only team to beat them prior to this weekend. And they also beat the 49ers this weekend 23 to 15. And the Giants beat the Seahawks, a really good team in the NFC. And like what's going on? And then the, the Eagles beat the Saints. What is going on in this division? specifically we're going to talk about kind of the contenders in this division or you know i guess they all are but the real one you know the ones that have really pulled ahead which is the washington football team who beat the Ford Niners, like i said 23 to 15 let's start there um is the washington football team for real i know that the you know the the san francisco has a depleted team but they're still winning the games that they need to win
1: yeah they are and this is a team that I'm just fascinated by now that Chase Young is healthy. The Washington football team, they have a very legitimate chance, and they're playing good football. It's really their defense, and we could talk about Alex Smith all we want. The defense has been fantastic. They're getting to the quarterback. They hold the 49ers to 15 points. That's that's playoff-caliber football, like you alluded to, and they they have the half-game edge on the Giants right now. But I hope this team makes it because, at, like the Dolphins, they, they might be a little laughable in terms of their record. It's becoming less and less so now because they're winning some football games. But this is a team that's going to compete, and this is a 6-7 and seven football team that has a chance that to, if they continue playing like this, they can finish the year with a respectable record just in terms of morale, get into the playoffs, and, uh, and see what happens.
0: Yeah, that's my my thing is like teams that deserve to be in the playoffs are teams that win games that they need to win, you know, and this was a game you didn't, I you, yeah, you needed to win because especially because the giants didn't end up losing which we'll talk about that game in a second, but it was, you know, if we want to be legit, be a playoff team that can compete, we need to beat teams we're supposed to beat and, you know, put ourselves in the position to be at the top of the division. Right now they are the fourth seed and they, they're trending upward. I, I like this team as well. I like the whole Alex Smith story. Um, I'm with it. I the team out of that division that I'm rooting for is the Washington football team without a doubt. And you know, the 49ers are technically still in it. They're right in, they're slotted at 11 right now. Um, and they have a lot of teams in the NFC East that can technically – or the NFC in, in general that can still make it. And um, we'll see. They're, they're my team right now. They're the ones that have shown that they can that they compete with, with other good teams. But the thing that's interesting there, which as we transition into the Cardinals and the Giants game, the, the Giants have the tiebreaker Washington because they beat them already twice. So that's just something to think about. The Cardinals – or the Giants did lose to the Cardinals 26-7 to um, this weekend. So they're trending downward-ish. I'm kind of confused on where the Giants are. What are your th- – what are your thinkings about both of these teams?
1: The Giants are in trouble, Jenna. Yeah. Let me give you a, a preview here. The Giants are in deep trouble. And their special teams, first of all, has been – Atrocious, which is ironic because you yeah, hire the special teams coordinator, Joe Judge, Joe Judge from New England, and they've just completely flopped. So that's number one. Number two, the defense. My God, I mean, the defense has not been doing Daniel Jones any favors. And that, okay, the, the issue is so multi pronged. I feel like I'm just listing phases of, of football at this point. The offensive line. That's that's the biggest issue. You can talk about the special teams. You can talk about the defense. The offensive line is the biggest issue because Daniel Jones just has no time in the pocket. And this is a quarterback that we already know has some fumble issues, but fumbled the ball three times last week, and he got sacked how many times? got sacked six times for 52 yards. And against a Cardinals team with Kyler Murray, who for a while we were talking about as an MVP candidate – you can't let Daniel Jones get exposed like that, especially because, Jenna, he wasn't healthy. He's coming off that hamstring injury, and it was extremely clear just based on the way he could not move. So you have a, a guy playing on one leg with an offensive line that can't protect him. What do you think's going to happen?
0: Nothing, nothing positive, yeah. Nothing
1: positive, no. That's rough.
0: Yeah, I, I think – I don't know. You just had – Colt McCoy step in and beat the Seahawks. I think if Daniel Jones isn't 100%, I think you give – I don't know. I think you give McCoy the start. That's just my
1: opinion. I agree. I agree. Well, you have to go with the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win, right, because every game is a must-win for the Giants. And Daniel Jones is not the most mobile quarterback, but he's nothing without his legs. He's already a mediocre quarterback with his legs. But this is a guy that relies on his legs to create some space, roll out of the pocket, and make some throws on the run. So when you take that away from him, it's trouble. And it's it's just dangerous for him, too. He's he's your franchise. You've invested a lot into him going forward. He's your quarterback next year. You want to make sure that he's going to be your quarterback next year. You make sure that he he's able to protect himself.
0: I completely agree. All right, so – before we move on, I'm just curious to hear who you think, for each conference, who do you think is making the playoffs? You can kind of – you don't have to talk, I guess, about – I don't know, just, I guess, lock in your seven for each one. Who do you think ends up filling out each of the each of the conference?
1: All right, in no particular order, Chiefs, Steelers, Bills, Titans, they'll all make it. The Colts will make it as well. The Browns will make it. So it's really, in my opinion, the seven seed – for the AFC is really the variable here. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I got to tell you, I'm going to pick the Ravens here. The Ravens have proven to me that they're sticking around. I think it's going to be three AFC North teams, which would really be something else. And I want to pick the dolphins because if I wasn't a jets fan, I'd be pulling for the dolphins. There's a lot to like about them. Everyone loves their head coach, Brian Flores and two is looking pretty good, but I don't think they're ready. I think it's next year is their year, and the Dolphins fall out of that seven seed. And just to run it by, in the NFC, Packers, Saints, Rams, Washington will win the division. Look out. So they'll stay in the four seed. I think the Seahawks stay in their nine and four. It'd be very hard for them to lose out on the playoffs. I actually think the NFC is locked in. Bucks, Cardinals, because after the Cardinals, you have this drop-off, and not necessarily in record, but in caliber. The Vikings, yeah. the Bears, the Lions. You're talking about the 49ers. You're really scraping the bottom of the barrel at 5-8. and eight, But, oh God, I think the NFC is set.
0: Look at this. We're agreeing. I have nothing different to say. Um, I do think that the Ravens end up sneaking. I think they're just the better team. I don't see them – really having a dramatic fall from grace like them not making the playoffs would be. Um, so I don't – I am with you also that there's something about the Dolphins. I think that they're good, but I don't have 100% confidence in them as a football team just yet. I do think that they are missing something that I can't quite put my finger on just yet, but I do think that the Ravens do flex into that 7-7 seven, seed. So I'm with you on everything else, and, yeah, that's it.
1: All right, so we're moving on now to what was trending. And, Jen, I'll let you start here.
0: Okay, we talked about the Monday night football game. And you guys might be wondering if you saw this game or at least you kept up with it on Twitter. Guys, you're not going to talk about how Lamar Jackson had to leave and had to go to the bathroom or had cramps, as he calls it. Um, So the thing is about this story is that you kind of need to see it to believe it. But we're going to talk about it anyway, because I want to hear your thoughts too, Brad. So basically during the game, Lamar Jackson goes goes into the locker room. You see him. There's video of him trotting to the locker room. Um, and if anyone – no, not if anyone. Everyone is familiar with that feeling. We're getting a little gross here on the pod, but it's just something that I know we can all relate to. That feeling when you really have to go poop. You really have to go, but you also aren't close enough to a bathroom. So you kind of do a really awkward shuffle trot. It looked like that. Imagine it. I know you're imagining it. We've all been there. You're lying if you you say you've never been there. And so everyone thought that he needed to go to the bathroom. Twitter was ablaze. They all thought this man needs to go to the bathroom. Uh, It was cramps. That's what it was listed at. Everyone's like, yeah, cramps. Yeah, no. He had to poop. And so after the game, Lamar Jackson is shocked that we all thought it was a poop. poop. And he basically is like, nope, this is not a poop game. Really had cramps. That was it. Just got, you know, some IVs and we were all good to go to come back. And then he came back, you know, he handled his business, whether that was going to the bathroom or IV or getting an IV, getting some fluids Um, and came back and brought, you know, came in and balled out for Baltimore. So Brad, are you buying this whole it wasn't poop, it was cramps?
1: I feel like after you win an MVP, I feel like I have to believe you, right? Like, that's, that's the benefit of winning MVP, that you get the benefit of the doubt, right? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with, with uh, Lamar Jackson here. I'm going against Twitter, against the internet. Sorry, folks, but I think it was cramps. I don't know. Maybe.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I just, just I think the visual. You can't tell me that was anything other than you had to use the bathroom. It's a universal thing that everyone experiences, and I think people agree with me. He can say whatever he wants. I'm not gonna. Uh, I don't know. I, I was thinking about it. I was like, but would I say when I had to go to the bathroom? And I think I would. I think I would have just played it off, would have been honest with the media. Good excuse. Yeah, I would have been honest. It would have been a funny thing to joke about. But also, it's also, it is embarrassing. So I'm sticking with, with my guns. I think that he definitely had a poop game. And that's where we'll leave that. And Brad, I'm going to p- toss it back to you because I know you have, As as we do know, this is a – low-key a Syracuse pod as we know so you have some Syracuse alumni alum related news so please give it to us
1: yeah Noah Eagle partner partnering with NFL CBS and Nickelodeon for an NFL broadcast which is tailor-made for children the NFL wild card game was going to be will be simulcast on Nickelodeon there are going to be graphics there's going to be slime there's going to be some SpongeBob cameos on the field. They're going to superimpose some cartoons and and what have you. And I think it's a really neat idea because the NFL has really expanded its viewership to a point where it is borderline global and a lot of casual sports fans uh, are only NFL fans. It's really becoming ingrained in the culture, but the only market that I feel like they really haven't tapped into yet is children, and I can see why the NFL would not be extremely desirable or attractive for parents when they start to get their kids into sports because it is inherently violent. But if you mix in some cartoons, some graphics in there that might keep their interest, especially through the growing pains of learning the sport, I think it's a really cool idea. And I got to tell you, just from personal experience, from working with Noah and meeting Noah and learning from Noah, They couldn't have found anyone better, anyone more prepared to bridge the gap from childhood to fandom.
0: It's definitely pretty cool. Um, Are you of the camp that wants Noah to get slimed? I did see this a lot on Twitter with some mutual friends.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I want him to get slimed, and I'm expecting a few SpongeBob references in there, but the slime is absolutely essential.
0: Well, we'll see. I am looking forward to that. That's definitely a cool idea that the NFL that the NFL has done.
1: So we're moving on to our flagship program, the flagship segment. It's fan frustration. Cue the music. Fan uh. frustration. All right, Jenna, so I'm just gonna hold on to the baton here. The Jets still winless, 0-13, and the finish line is eerily close for that 0-16 season. Sam Darnold, after the 0-13 start, is actually playing somewhat decent football right now, announces his love for the Jets. I want to be a Jet for life. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, Jenna, as a Jets fan, I'm not used to hearing these words. I'm just not. These words are not spoken in the Meadowlands, in East Rutherford, because no one wants to be a Jet for life. No one wants to be a Jet, period. And that's why, to me, this is an indication of failure. Because Sam Darnold, when we drafted him, he was supposed to be the guy, right? And the guy is not just an X's and O's guy. This guy wanted to be a Jet. And now we're talking about, oh, well, we'll draft Trevor Lawrence, but oh hopefully he wants to be a Jet. Hopefully he leaves college and wants to get paid millions of dollars. This guy wants to be a Jet, and this guy wants to be a Jet more than anything else. And yet we failed him. We're going to dump him for some kid, Trevor Lawrence, and this is, this is pretty much all Jets fans had been asking for, a quarterback that can play the position and wants to play here. I think, I still don't think he's the problem. I I do think that he's a little underdeveloped, but I still think that's on the team rather than him, and it's it's just very disappointing to see a guy that, again, wanted to be here completely wasted. I hope he finds a home in the NFL, because especially over the past few weeks, he's played to a point where. He's proven that he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I, I hope he doesn't get the Jameis Winston treatment and has to redshirt until some old quarterback retires. I hope he gets a job soon.
0: We shall see. Right when I saw that um, that headline, I was like, oh, there's Brad's fan frustration. And my favorite is that you call Trevor Lawrence some kid. Not yeah. one of the best NFL proxies we, we've seen. Fair. Just some kid, some scrub. Off the street, they're gonna give them a chance. Fans want some random guy called Trevor Lawrence or whatever. But uh, I, I get it. <sighs> Here we go. So this game for me, as we know, um, I've, i again, I don't like saying that I'm not that I'm a Colts hater because I don't believe that that's true. I think that they're a good football team. I just don't think Phil. I'm, if anything, I'm a Philip Rivers hater, and. I don't feel like he's their guy. You might be asking, Jenna, what does this have to do with your fan frustration, your Raiders fan? And I'll tell you right now, it has to do with the defense. And I've already gotten a little frustrated about it off the top. They let old man Rivers look like he is the next best thing. Now Frank Craig is like, oh, this guy can play for years to come. And of course you're saying that now. Of course, he just... He just threw, you know, a pretty good game. He threw for about 250 yards and two touchdowns with zero interceptions. That's his big thing with me. Zero interceptions, he looked great. And, combine, you know, paired that with a solid running game. Remember you said that older quarterback seen that strong running game? You had Jonathan Taylor who rushed for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Great. But I think it just means that the Raiders' defense sucks. Like, I don't think it means that the Colts have now had this brand new revelation. The defense is just awful. If you saw the game with ease, the Colts just went down the field and down the field. The Raiders' offense didn't play bad. They didn't, you know, it wasn't spectacular, but they didn't play bad. They did enough, I think, even to win this game. If the defense made any type of stops, it was horrendous football and I don't know what a firing Paul Gunther is really going to do. Um, I, I, it's, I feel like it's, like, like we talked about, it, I feel like it is too late. So it's just like this defense is helpless and it's holding the team back. And it's frustrating. It's, it's frustrating. The Colts offense should not produce almost 500 yards. It was 456 yards. They produced in offense. That should not be happening. It just shouldn't. So I'm already angry about that. And then they scored four touchdowns. And that was just their offense because then they had a defensive score as well. So I'm angry. And I don't think it's going to get much better. Like I said, teams that deserve to be in the playoffs win games they have to win. The Colts had to win this game. The Raiders had to win this game. And the team that will be in the playoffs is the team that won their has to game. They're not going to, the Raiders aren't making the playoffs now. It was already looking dim after the Falcons, looking even you know, we beat the jets, but it wasn't looking great in terms of performance. And then you do this. It's, it's just frustrating because it's very similar to what we saw last season. We got to a certain threshold when we were six and three and feeling good, and then we just that's it. We do our second, our second half, you know of the season, plummet to the bottom, and the, the same thing's going to happen. I guess I mentioned this. Derek Carr was like, oh, but it's not going to happen again. This seems different. That's a lie. That's a lie. This team is doing the same exact thing. So I'm not happy right now, and I'm trying to figure out where my hope shall lie. Because if this is an every season occurrence where they look good and they're 6-3 and, and then they fall apart, I don't want any part of it.
1: I got to tell you, not a good time to be a Raiders fan. Ouch. No. I think I'd rather be a Jets fan at this point because we're about to accomplish what we've done, what we've been trying to do all year, which is lose. So we're pretty close. Again, light at the end of the tunnel. So we move on, Jenna, to our preview segment. Rapid fire, some big games. Chiefs at Saints, maybe a sneak peek at our Super Bowl pick. Who do you have?
0: Ah, you know me. I'm not counting out the Chiefs. I think that the Raiders will be the only time – against the Raiders is the only team, you know, the time that they're going to lose. So give me the Chiefs pretty easily.
1: I hate to pick against myself. I feel like I am because I was picking the Saints to win the Super Bowl. But, yeah, give me the Chiefs. This this should be an easy win for them still without Drew Brees. So Seahawks at Washington. That's a four-game win streak for the team that plays football. Who do you like?
0: I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I'm going to do it. I really want the Washington football team to really prove how legit they are and go in and beat the Seahawks. And I think it's possible. Russell Wilson has been not – he hasn't been playing well, been throwing a lot of interceptions. Um, So I don't really love the way that the Seahawks are trending right now. So I think that the Washington football team can do it. But then my head overrides my heart in this situation. And I'm going with Seattle.
1: All right, and last one, Eagles versus Cardinals. Can Jalen Hurts do it again? It's Jalen versus Kyler.
0: Well, I'm saying that the Cardinals, the Cardinals, you know, do what they do. They need to solidify that spot. I think I, we talked about it in both of our NFC playoff pictures. We both think that the Cardinals will make it because there's just no one else there really to compete. But I, I do think that the Cardinals are just a better football team, so I'm going with the Cardinals
1: two Oklahoma quarterbacks. Actually, I just realized I don't think I gave my pick for the second game. I was just going
0: to tell you. Yeah.
1: Washington Expand that four game win trick. I'm going to pick Washington until they give me a reason not to. But with the Eagles Cardinals, I got to go with the Cardinals here. That's an impressive win against, albeit a struggling Giants team, but at the same time, Kyler Murray's been really good. And again, the Eagles have been so inconsistent. I think Jalen Hurts is going to start. Doug Peterson's been a little wishy-washy about that. The old saying is, when you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks. So we'll see if Jalen Hurts can prove it again before I really jump on that bandwagon.
0: Well, Brad, I don't know if you saw, but Doug Peterson did say Jalen Hurts will be starting again. All
1: that right, well, but long. we'll see how we'll see how long that leash is too. If Jalen Hurts throws an interception on the first drive, is the second drive wins or no? I I don't know. I don't you're, know if you're correct. where the Eagles will go in terms of Jalen Hurts versus Carson Wentz. And I think that might be throwing off the rest of the team as well.
0: We shall see. But that is all that we have for this week's episode of the For 2 podcast. Just a heads up for our listener who, you know, you guys usually are looking forward to this podcast on Tuesdays. Next week, it will not be on Tuesday. Brad will be calling a Notre Dame-Syracuse basketball game, so he will be out of commission for Tuesday. So, we will be recording and pushing it out to you guys on Wednesday. So, look forward to that. Did want to give you guys a heads up. And also, you know, if you want to get catch up on any of our episodes, we are on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. For Spotify, it's uh, you know you have to put in our slogan a podcast for frustrated football fans by two frustrated football fans it will pop right up we got to get that viewership up so we no longer have to do the whole slogan if you have any comments or concerns you can send us an email at the go two pod at gmail.com um, supposedly people would only have complaints about me per last week's read so you know what <laughs> send me all send me all the emails that that you must Um, with any complaints that you have and that's all that we have for this week's episode of the go for two podcast we'll see you guys next week